first reading this morning is from Revelations, chapter 21, verses 1 to 6a. That's Revelations, chapter chapter 21, verses 1 to 6a, and that's on page 1249 in the Church Bibles. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with man, and he and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 11, starting at verse 32, and that's on page 1078 in the Church Bibles. John chapter 11, verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Well done. (laughs) 
Uh, this morning, we're going to reflect on probably the most stupendous, that's a good word, isn't it, miracle that Jesus ever did. For in it, he showed that he was the Son of God, the anointed Messiah of Israel, who had power over sickness, death, and the resurrection of our souls for eternity. Surely, sickness and death, both for ourselves and our loved ones, brings the greatest fear and pain in our lives. It is the hardest and most devastating event we have to suffer. Yet in this passage, Jesus proved himself to be the resurrection and the life that he had proclaimed him to be, as we've heard in verse 25. I am, he said, the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, will live, um, sorry, I've lost it. Even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. This is the promise of God to us. But we need to go back a little bit in the chapter. Jesus, uh, the sisters sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. And Jesus prophesied, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that the God's Son may be glorified through it. And the scripture says that Jesus loved the sisters and Lazarus. Yet he was obedient to his father's will and waited two further days before he asked his disciples to follow him back to Bethany in Judea, where the family lived. His disciples were concerned, for they were frightened of the Jewish leaders who wanted to harm Jesus, and they warned him, but Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you to death. Yet, you're going back there? After some further conversation, Jesus clearly told them, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go back to him. On arrival, Jesus learned that Lazarus had already died and been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany, where he lived, was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had traveled there to comfort Mary and Martha on the loss of their brother. Now, this was key because they would all witness this amazing miracle of God. The first to meet him was Martha. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha replied, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And this fulfilled the prophecies given over hundreds of years to the Jewish people of the coming Messiah. Then Martha called her sister Mary, who came to meet him. She fell at his feet and said to Jesus, 
Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, I don't believe that Mary or Martha were making an accusation against Jesus or were angry at him, but they were simply so anguished by Lazarus' death and they knew the awesome, miraculous power of Jesus. If he had been there, his brother would certainly not have died. So many people in the world, even if they believe in a God, think that God is remote, distant from our suffering, pain and loss. He's only concerned with the big picture of eternity, not our personal fears and suffering, our daily battles. Yet we see that our God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, show strong emotions and are deeply involved with our personal lives. As humans, we can hurt and deeply grieve our God. As believers, our sins hurt God even more, for we are his beloved children. Here we see, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews with her, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He was profoundly upset. And he wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But others accused Jesus of not helping Lazarus. Could not he, who opened the eyes of the blind, have kept this man from dying, they said. And it says Jesus was again deeply moved over their comment. Yet he knew what God the Father wanted him to do, to do a mighty miracle, to raise Lazarus from the dead. In just a few minutes, everybody would be amazed and praising God for a great miracle. So why was he so deeply upset? Why was he crying? I don't think it could really have been all for Lazarus. No, I believe he was sharing the pain, the loss and the suffering of the two sisters who he loved. He empathised totally with their devastation and the loss of their dear brother. He was crying for them and their grief. Now, I believe that when we suffer too, our God shares our pain and loss. Jesus was both fully God and fully man. In his humanity, he perfectly understands our fears and our needs. This is why he is our perfect intercessor, as shown in Hebrews 7.25. Jesus came to the tomb. Again, we're told, he was deeply moved. Martha reminded him that Lazarus was by now a stinking, putrid corpse. Jesus told them to move the ceiling stone away from the tomb and in a loud voice called out, Lazarus, come out. The stinking corpse came to life and walked out of that tomb, still covered in the grave clothes. Jesus told them to take the grave clothes off and just let him go. Lazarus continued to live for many years after this and died a natural death. Many came to see him and talk about this amazing miracle of Jesus. However, there was a cost to this miracle, 
I believe this miracle was the catalyst which pushed Jesus further along his path to the cross. The rest of the chapter tells us why. We know that many Jews witnessed this miracle. Many came to faith because of it. But some went to the Pharisees and the high priest, the chief priest. They called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. And they said, this man is performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away our place, their very high jobs, and our nation. And they determined to arrest and kill Jesus. In fact, Caiaphas, the high priest, then made an unwitting prophecy he said, it is better for one man to die for the people than that the whole nation perish. Jesus was to die for the whole nation of Israel. But as we know, he was to die for all humanity, past, present and future, until God calls time on this earth. Our Lord Jesus obeyed his Father God and willingly allowed himself to be crucified to death and to redeem humanity for their sins. All who believed in him as the Son of God and Saviour of humanity would be saved. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made Christ, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus became our sin. What an amazing statement that is. All our guilt and shame, the sin which separates us from a holy God forever, was poured, poured into the sinless Son of God, and he became our sin not just yours and mine, but all humanity who believed. In return, by God's grace and mercy, we became his righteousness. How amazing. We now have the same purity and right standing before Father God as his beloved son does. This is, for me, the most amazing statement of grace and mercy of our Lord God. This is why we can agree with Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it. We don't have to be afraid to approach the throne of God. Why? Because we belong there. Hallelujah. We can see the redeeming power of the love of God in all this. Never, ever doubt God's love for you. It is total. The Lord Jesus was resurrected three days after his death on the cross, as he promised. 1 Peter 1, 3, 4 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and to an inheritance that can never perish, spoil 
Orphaid kept in heaven for you. From our reading in Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, it says, I hear, sorry, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. <coughs> Hallelujah. Finally, we have the promise that the Lord Jesus gave to his disciples shortly before his death and resurrection. In John 14, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me also. For in my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. These are the promises of God for our forgiveness, resurrection, and eternal life with him, and those who we love and have believed have gone before us too, and they wait there. We can praise him for his amazing love, mercy, and grace to us. I pray that you are encouraged and strengthened by these promises. And as Sue has told us this morning, if anyone needs prayer or needs to talk to someone, please do see our leaders or the prayer team. Don't leave without seeing them. May God bless you and keep you. Amen.